Hello, you're listening to Sending the Experts with Georgina Durant. This podcast is all about teaching and supporting children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, SEND. My name is Georgina Durant. I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by Twinkle SEND. As a former teacher in Senko myself, I wanted to create a platform to share some of the amazing things that my guests are doing to support learners with SEND. So whether you're listening on your commute, tuning in whilst walking your dog or curled up on the sofa with a nice cup of coffee, thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, I am so excited to be joined by Dr. Gina Gomez de la Cuesta. Gina is a clinical psychologist and founded Play Included, which was formerly Bricks for Autism, in 2018. Gina studied Lego-based therapy for a PhD at Cambridge University Autism Research Centre and is co-author of the Lego-based therapy manual. Gina has also published several academic papers on Lego-based therapy, including for the iSocialized Randomized Control Trial. Play Included's Brick by Brick program is an evidence-based, strengths-focused approach that supports children to collaborate, communicate, problem-solve, and share fun experiences all through the collaborative Lego Play, and is the only therapy using Lego Play to be endorsed by the Lego foundation so it's the real deal and I'm so excited because if anyone knows me they know I'm obsessed with play and Lego in particular and I've got my little Lego dog with me because I had to put some sort of Lego prop here with me today. Hi Gina. Hi Georgina, thanks for having me on. I've also got my little Lego sunflower and a little lady little horsey person. Oh I love that Lego friends one, nice. Oh, it's so lovely to meet you. Um, could you tell us a little, I've gone a little bit into your background, but could you tell us a li- little bit more about your background in particular, why you're so passionate about play-based learning and in particular Lego, like why is this your thing? Do you know what? I think it's kind of just because it's fun and I was just really lucky to be in the right place at the right time for my PhD. So as you said, I did my PhD, gosh, it was back in 2004 in the Autism Research Centre and I was really interested in um you know, supporting autistic children and um, and kind of fun ways of doing that. I was also a teacher before that and did a psychology degree. And um, so I I just met Dr. Dan Legoff, who kind of conceptualised Lego therapy um, and and just happened to be in the right place at the right time where, where my supervisor, Simon Baron-Cohen and, and Dan were talking and saying, oh, let's do some research on this. So I was just so lucky. And I think why I'm so passionate about it is because I've just seen what joy it brings to the kids. And it's just such a lovely way of giving social experiences and positive um, ways to develop skills um, that really works. And it's not kind of stigmatizing. It's very much from a child's level. So that's why I'm, I'm, I guess I'm so passionate about it. I love that. And I love that you're just there at the right time. I think that's fantastic. You just so happened yeah, to be in his company and then it all just went from there. That's wonderful. I love when things like that happen. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So if we start with basics for people who are listening, what is Lego therapy and what is the aim of it? So, um, gosh, that's a really good question because um, I think now we've kind of changed in the terminology, but Lego therapy, as it was when I was doing my PhD, is, um, is about... Um, bringing young people together who have an interest in Lego building and want to build Lego with other children and um, who might have autism or another reason why um, they might be looking for extra support for social, emotional communication opportunities and development. So, um, you know, if you build a Lego model, you might build it by yourself. Um, you might build it at home with, with your family. 
um, in Brick Club, children come and build it with other children. So it's about getting young people to uh, work together to build a model, maybe in different roles, maybe with different jobs, taking it in turns, um, maybe building a set following instructions in those different roles, or maybe designing and creating uh, your own freestyle creation out of your own imagination or doing a stop action movie. There's so many activities you could do, but the core element is that young people are building with other young people so they can chat together, they can team build, they can problem solve as a team um, and they can make, I guess, friendships and relationships through that process. Oh, lovely. And what, what's the history behind it then? So you, you mentioned a little bit about Daniel, Daniel Lagoff, is it? The yeah. founder of it. So you mentioned a little bit about who founded the approach. And I think I've read one of his books actually quite a while ago about um, about Lego and Lego play. But what's what's the whole history about it? How did he come up with this idea then? So it was actually uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, we um, hosted a webinar with lovely Dr. Dan um, and he was that story so so if um yeah if anyone's interested in that we will be um hopefully making that available to our play included members but dr dan is a, a neuropsychologist um and he i guess first came up with this when he was in hawaii um but he now lives in florida and he um he was working with neurodivergent kids and and had a playroom with all sorts of toys in it sandbox you know pretend play dress up bricks trains and lego um bricks and he just noticed that the kids were with autism the autistic children tended to just be drawn towards the lego um bricks in his playroom and then um some parents were chatting and saying oh my child likes lego too so he kind of then started um thinking oh well, let's let's get these two kids to play together doing something with lego and then it sort of evolved quite organically with other kids and other other parents saying oh can my kid do that too can they join in um and then then the children really developed their own kind of way of of collaborating and building in different roles with the engineer who kind of describes where the pieces should go the supplier who finds the right bricks and the builder who puts the pieces together and and he was explaining that because um the kids were working together as a team the supplier was finding the bricks with the engineer quite quickly the engineer was describing where they go that the children really could build the Lego models quite fast a little bit faster than than usual because um they were working together and that then they could build something a bit bigger and better and they really enjoyed it so I guess that's the history of it and then Dan published his research looking at the outcomes for the young people in his brick clubs um and found some improvements I think those days we were still thinking quite medically about autism and looking at kind of social skills and behavior and, and I think we've shifted our thinking on that which I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about but um which is really important. Um, but I think um, he showed that the, the children were making real progress and, and actually really enjoying it. So that was um, that was what, I guess, triggered my research um, when I read that paper and, and my supervisor had read that paper and talked to Dan about his methods. And we came, uh, I went over to uh, New Jersey where, where Dan was living and learnt, um, he was so generous. I stayed, stayed with his family and he showed me his brick club room and I learned how to kind of do the methodology with him and then came back to Cambridge and ran the first groups in the UK for my PhD. And, and I, my name is Dan, you know, I found that the children were so motivated to come. They all said, this is like 10 out of 10. I really want to come to this club. And, um, you know, it was the first group situation that they'd not felt stressed about coming to oh, or felt kind of on edge about. So it was really, really wonderful experience. Oh, and I must say that sounds like the most fun PhD ever. It was <laughs> it really, really, really 
my friend who's my PhD uh, you know colleague doing a science PhD I she and I had I got her to help me sort out all the Lego that we were donated for the PhD study and I think we were delivered 65 kilograms of Lego bricks oh wow <laughs> like put them all by color it took us hours but yeah that was a good um it was a good PhD <laughs> and I think we touched on it a little bit because you're saying in in Dan your Dr Dan's um, sort of playroom the kids were sort of gravitating towards Lego but does it have to be Lego and I imagine you're a bit biased and you're probably going to say yes but just like can it be any sort of other brick yes and no right so I think what what brick clubs and and our brick by brick program is doing is, is using the kind of um uh I guess the appeal of really amazing Lego sets to yeah. And the pit that an, an interest that young people have, and they may be interested in Lego building in their home life, and so you do that in the in the brick club. Um, if children have got other interests, then it might be nice to just create a club around that. But I think for me, the Lego um, bricks and the Lego sets are just so well designed. They're so um, there's so many different interests that are are kind of appealed to. In, in the different types of Lego and, and the kind of instructions and the way that the Lego sets are kind of set up just really lend themselves so easily to collaborating. And, um, but also, you know, with Lego uh, bricks, there is so much scope for creativity. And I think sometimes we underestimate autistic children's creativity and yeah. actually in the freestyle play, um, Children can make the most amazing things and their imaginations can kind of go go wild. And, and it's often a real strength for autistic children, other children too, but it can be a real strength um, that, that, that children can then feel a sense of pride about is, is their ability to build um, Lego models. So I think there is something a bit magical about yeah. Lego. Um, yeah. I was just thinking when I was asking you that, like, does it have to be Lego? Imagining being in a shop with like my kids and saying, oh, does it have to be a Lego set? And they'd be like, yes, it does. I mean, there is something, there is that appeal about Lego over over bricks and I do get it. And I think you're right. It is what you can create from it. It's the quality of it, isn't it? And it's um, all the different builds, the whole range of stuff that they bring out is incredible. And like, yeah, yeah, I've never showed this one before. And people who are listening on the podcast won't be able to see this. So come over to YouTube and have a look. But like this, some of the Lego builds they're creating now are absolutely phenomenal, aren't they? Like this, It's literally amazing. And, And also, you know, there's the kind of, interface between the digital and the brick now they've got these kind of um you know interactive kind of online stuff with with yeah. the lego building and like the scope and the robotics yeah. and coding you know there's just such like um i don't know if you've read about scratch and mitch, mitch resick's kind of uh oh. sort of the scratch the coding um things for children that has a low floor a high ceiling and wide walls so he says that yeah. scratch has that and i believe lego um building has that or brick by brick program has that it has a low floor so entry level it's very easy for children to get started lego building and there's duplo you can build really simple models there's a high ceiling so no matter how kind of technically skilled you are at lego building actually can do anything there's all the you know as i said the robotics the coding the technical lego pieces and it's got very wide walls which means the kind of no matter what you're interested in or yeah. what you like, you can find something and build it out of Lego bricks, probably. Um, you know, so there's a huge range of kind of um there's a huge space to work in, really, which is why 
this program is so flexible I think and that's that's another kind of benefit of the Lego versus something else I think yeah we went um we went to the Lego house and I mentioned it just before the recording we went to the Lego house as a family over the summer and Mm. to see like you say the breadth of what you can do with Lego to see what they've created in the Lego house in Denmark is absolutely amazing they you know from like a huge dinosaur to I think they've got pumpkins they had pumpkins in October as well when we knew it by and just like everything they can you can make anything out of Lego it's incredible it is incredible yeah it's so creative it's fantastic yeah so lego therapy i'll stop banging on about a lego too much and go back to lego therapy um so lego therapy what so you said it about benefits autistic children what studies are there to back this up and recently on twitter we had somebody ask about if it was useful for autistic girls it's not just for autistic boys is it it can be for for everybody no, I think, you know, Lego is for anybody, like grown-ups, young children, older children, teenagers, uh, girls, boys, anything. Um, so there's there's no specific research looking at, at you know, groups for, for girls, um, yeah. for autistic girls. The the research so far, um, there's been, I guess, Dan Lagoff's original study, I think that was published in 2004, and there's been a few, he's done a long-term follow-up showing sort of positive long-term outcomes for, for children in terms of their social development. Um, our, my PhD did a sort of little tiny comparison study with another social skills programme um, and that showed sort of benefits for, for the Lego group. Um, and then, um, you know, there's been various small scale studies um, since then and some review articles showing that this is promising for, for autistic children's social development. And then recently we've had the, the big randomised control trial, the iSocialize trial, which um, was looking at um, using this in schools for in, in 240 schools and randomly allocating children to receiving um, uh this this methodology versus just education as usual and um I think that um the results showed a small but positive benefit and um, that was between six to to 12 weeks of of the of just having coming weekly so not very long um and that it was very acceptable to the the parents and the, the the teachers and and anecdotally the children and um that it was cost effective as well um so sort of quite quite positive findings but what I would like to see moving forward in research um that I think is missed so far and what we're trying to work on a bit of play included is is looking at um children's real experiences of it yeah. and um and and asking the children about their outcomes and what's important to them moving away from thinking oh you know we've got to fix children's social skills moving yeah. away from that medical model and really coming from a more neurodiversity affirming perspective um, and and actually looking at brick clubs from that point of view as a place where children can be themselves use their strengths find other people who share an interest and and just develop a sense of belonging so it's not about kind of teaching social skills it should be more about giving opportunities for social socializing and and supporting children with skills that are meaningful to them um to help them kind of thrive and feel like they belong and and have a place that that they can you know shine yeah that's brilliant I'm so pleased you said that because that was one of my questions was this you know there's a big growing focus now which is brilliant 
on sort of neurodiversity affirming practices and making sure that we're not trying to change children to be more neurotypical and we're not trying to you know force social skills that are more neurotypical on autistic children etc and yeah my my fear was that what happens if this is a bit like that but clearly it's not and legotherapy is neuroaffirming and it's it's a choice for children if they're wanting support as opposed if they're wanting ways to help um, socialising with children if they're wanting support with that they can opt into it if they're wanting to do it in their own way as well they can do I think that's really important Jordine and I think there's there's very what I've found unfortunately since sort of oh, I guess um you know being the first person to do legotherapy in the UK yeah. is actually there's a lot of Chinese whispers effects going on about yeah. what legotherapy is and and it never ever has been trying to force children to make eye contact I've read that happening in some Gosh. It's or forcing children to say a particular word so they get the brick. Like it's never been okay. that. That's kind of behavioural approach yeah. that some people have misinterpreted. Um, that that is what legotherapy is, and it never was, and it never should be. Okay. And I think um, not only are, are lots of people doing lots of different kinds of training, downloading lots of different kinds of materials about legotherapy. It, it just makes it a bit confusing sometimes yeah, about yeah. what the aim is. And the aim has always been for children to interact quite naturally together and play together. Yes, build in different roles and have different jobs and take it in turns, but in quite a kind of child-led way. And I think sometimes what I see, and certainly in the iSocialize trial, when I was observing some teachers run the groups, some teachers really got that concept and were great and playful and 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 doing it fine and other teachers were were very sort of over involved and it became very boring and clunky and it was it was more adult-led than child-led so um yeah I think there's mis misinformation out there about what legotherapy is um and um and getting the right the right training is, is really important um, yeah I was going to ask because that was another thing I was thinking about like training surely it's from being a naive from a naive point of view surely it's just like kids play with lego what's the, what's the need for the training but now i get it because if you're saying it's almost like you've there's an idea and then with everything people go off and do their own thing with it and the chinese business like you say it's got sometimes the method gets missed and people do their own version of it which might not be neuroaffirming whereas you're saying like the foundations of it and your version of it is really neuroaffirming and that sort of message sometimes could be lost if people aren't doing the training and are doing their own version is that true yeah, completely definitely okay. true um, and I think that's why like why I wanted to set up play included as a, yeah. as a place where like here is the source of like this is what it is this is the original this is the and we've worked with autistic consultants to make sure that our training really embeds the neurodiversity and affirming practice and we've partnered with Lego Foundation who really kind of embedded learning through play in yeah. our training and and it's a it's really about what the adult does and how you set up and how you facilitate the sessions that's really important so I guess our training is is quite thorough um but that's for a reason because actually there are subtleties to it it's not just about I think the main misconception is that lego therapy is one child has the engineer is the engineer has the instructions um and holds them no one else can see the picture one child has the bricks and has to listen really carefully to what the engineer has to say and find the piece according to how the engineer describes it and then the builder puts it together um and that's it um that is and and so the problems with that misunderstanding is that actually everyone should be able to see the pictures every you should be using the visual strengths of the children to help them know yeah. where to put the pieces um the children should be helping each other out if they get stuck. You're not stuck rigidly to a role. They should be, the children should be in charge 
of who's doing what job when, when they swap, they decide that. Um, and and also, you know, you can work in pairs. You can work one to one with an adult. You could have a um, you know, a whole class doing it. It's not just about three children working together. Um, you could have, you know, my favorite is about six to nine, or, and some kids working in a pair, some kids doing freestyle, some kids doing set building, depending on where they're at and what they're doing. And your job as the adult is not to kind of supervise every description of a Lego brick. Um, it's it's uh, I think that's where people go a little bit wrong is that that they think it's about describing the shape, the size, and the and the um, position of the Lego brick. Um, that would be more speech and language therapy use of Lego. Yeah. If that's what you're doing, but that's not Lego therapy. Um, and that, that always feels a little bit like you're sucking the fun out of it. It's like I'm not being harsh to people doing it that way. Well, I am being harsh to people doing it that way, but it it is, isn't it? You can imagine as a child, you're like, yeah, we're doing Lego. You sit down, you're like. You have got to hold this piece of paper and, and read this. Nobody else can look at it. Everybody be quiet. And you'd be thinking, this isn't Lego. This isn't fun. It's not so fun. No. Um, and I think um, that, you know, it's got to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, that's not the point. The point is that kids can come and play together, socialise together. And yes, you can build a Lego set with three children with different roles, of course. Um, but they should be, like, figuring that out and, and yeah. like show oh I need that bit how do you say that oh it's like this and and they could get bits in advance and prep things to make it quicker for the builder and there's a much more fluid kind of approach to it and I think that's what gets missed if you just read like a little bit of information on the internet or print off um you know even like the research papers you only have a couple of words to describe like the whole methodology so it, it I think that's where people have gone wrong potentially is that um yeah they're perhaps you miss the nuance of it and you miss how uh, how broad it can be as well like if you're just doing set building that's just a tiny part of, of lego therapy um, yeah so your brick so your that your lego therapy is called the brick by brick program how's that i think we've touched on it a little bit but how is that different to other lego therapy out there apart from being um, i presume you think better <laughs> and the original know. one but like how hopefully um so I guess one one thing that um, is important to mention is that the term Lego therapy actually breaches the Lego group's trademark. It's not a term that is is really allowable. So we are obviously the um, partnered with Lego Foundation. So we're the only organisation that obviously is really um, making sure we're we're abiding by all the regulations for the use of the the Lego trademark. Um, and that's really important for people to know. I think it's fine if you're kind of just running brick clubs in schools and not charging people, but um, that's that's kind of one factor. So yeah. changing, but we also wanted to kind of differentiate our programme. Um, we don't want to call it therapy anymore. We wanted to call it a programme because then it's less stigmatising. It's yeah. less, it's hopefully more neurodiversity affirming and welcoming. It's a, it's a programme, it's a club, it's a place where kids can come and, and and be and and have fun and develop skills. And um, we've really, really um, thought carefully about playful facilitation, um, and that this program actually um, isn't necessarily just for autistic children. We think it, it, you know, all children benefit from from playful experiences, from playful social experiences. And I think, particularly post COVID, there's been um, you know more and more children have been isolated and finding social things a little bit difficult so so I mean there's not research in that area yet but I mean it's a very kind of it's got a lot of kind of validity of of saying actually come and play and be together with others and and develop some skills and um and have some social opportunities that are meaningful to you as a child 
that are important for all children. So I think we're sort of trying to broaden out, like obviously there's a lot about autism in our training and that's our kind of our core area of specialism, but we want to think a bit wider. I was just going to say about the pandemic, I completely agree. I keep saying about the pandemic and how, and it, there was a lot of focus on sort of academics and children missed out on reading and writing, children missed out on maths, but there needed to be more focus, in my opinion, on sort of play and the fact that children had missed out on those skills of playing with other children as much and play, you know, playful experiences together. And I think that going forward, and it's, it's too early, isn't it, like you say, to have the research on that, but it does seem to be that, yeah, going forward, that's going to be an area that children have missed and we and we need to fill that gap yeah completely I think I think you're right Georgina and um we wrote some nice little whole class lego building activities that are free to download from our website just for, for kids post-covid you know just after oh, the wow. pandemic um building friendships um resources so so we think that lego play has got a lot of potential there um, yeah. to, to kind of work together and play together and 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 build different models and, and chat and and socialize um yeah, and so yeah, so I think I mean the brick by brick program is is Lego therapy um, with a different name. Yeah, um, we're just not allowed to call it that because that's you know that's that's not um, yeah. legally allowable. Um, but it's more it, I think we've put a lot of thought since the early days when when I did my PhD. Um, we've put a lot of thought and development into um, you know new ways of of, of making it neurodiversity affirming. Um, and 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 really embedding the adult's role as a play facilitator um, of of those kind of uh, brick clubs. Um, so I think that's those are the two key kind of kind of differences. Um, is that we're focusing a lot because I've noticed. I think this is why I've noticed people misinterpret things and get yeah a lot more on like what you do as an adult and and how you'd be playfully facilitating a session and and taking some of the Lego foundations wonderful research on learning through play and bringing that into our training um so that that and, and the neurodiversity affirming stuff is is the core kind of um, new, new, new side, brick by brick so the teachers listening to this podcast who are thinking oh yes that's on my to-do list I was thinking of doing lego sort of therapy or or you know a lego group at school um, perhaps using the brick by brick program because they've heard you talking about it what do they need to do now because I like to have sort of aims of what they can do the next day so if they want to go into school tomorrow and talk to their head and be like right this is what we need to be doing I've listened to the podcast I'm really keen I've been thinking about it for a while but now I've just remembered and thought yeah let's do this what should they do how can they start the ball rolling with setting up um like a brick by brick program group at school yeah so I would um head to our website at playincluded.com and have a look at our, you know, what we describe about the Brick by Brick programme, maybe share that with, with the head teacher. Um, and, you know, there is different levels of training. Our level one um, training is is e-learning. It's really yeah. fun, engaging e-learning. Everyone really enjoys it. It's not boring. <laughs> click this, well, it's click this, click that, but it's, it's got videos. It's, it's quite engaging. Um, it's, it's not your everyday boring um, e-learning. Um, so that's <laughs> level one. Um, and once you've done level one, you can set up a brick club if you want to. But we recommend people do level two, which is our face to face one day course, because that's where we really have experiential learning for the adults running the yeah. clubs. We feel like, like it's been like, during the pandemic. We're like, oh, we've got to try and do it on webinars and we've got to try and do like remote learning on, on um, brick by brick. But actually to do the best job I think the adults need to feel and do the activities for themselves oh, so you actually so sit, you sit them down and actually get them doing the brick by brick program themselves yeah exactly Fabulous. 
Yeah, and that that really then helps them think about it from the child's point of view and then run the Brick Club in the best way. And we've yeah. got like lots of ongoing support, like drop-ins and um, you know, QA sessions and, and online kind of resources, printouts and um, you know, little video guides for to, just to help people as much as we can. Um so that would be that would be where to go is, is to kind of book on level one um and then and hopefully try and try and get to level two if you can persuade that's really fun uh, can you can imagine these conversations with your head being like so I went to go into this whole day of like lego yeah <laughs> it does sound like a really fun yeah. training yeah sometimes people dismiss it as oh you're just playing and and really like, there's never just playing I'm no. sure you agree like play is really like in and of itself a brilliant thing to do um and you also develop loads of skills through play um but it's actually it's you know it is really really helpful for children we've got the evidence that shows this is going to help them um so so it's not just playing with lego um yeah it's important to kind of get that message across sometimes yeah so once they've done the level one or the level two how do they go about choosing like which kids to, to go in the group like how what what are the logistics of that next step i presume a lot of that's covered in the training yeah it is actually and and i think um I think it really depends on the setting and the setup. So in a school, you might have kind of identified some children that might need, you know, might want a brick club. But I think, as we said at the start, it should be opt in. So yeah. you shouldn't be forcing children to do brick clubs or like therapy. Um, the children should be sort of invited and saying, oh, we've got this this brick club running. Would you like to come? We think you'd really like it. We think you're really good at Lego. Um, yeah. We think you'd, you'd like to come. Um so then it's, I guess, about, you know, getting um, the parents involved to say if that's okay and finding timetabling of it all. That's always, I think that's the worst yeah. bit is like yeah. when in the school day should it happen? Um, and then inviting other young people along too. Um, and, you know, thinking what size of group you want. Um, you know, you can do it with the whole class or you could, um, you know, could just have three children. Or you could, I, I mean, I I'm always recommend, you know, six, six or so, six to eight to nine children. Um because there's more social opportunities then there's more chance of socializing but it also depends on on the children's needs so you might need a smaller group you have to think about how many adults you'll need facilitating yeah. so it's always good to have two people two okay. trained people per club if you can um assuming you know there's, there's there's a decent number of children and um yeah i guess getting the room uh set up getting the lego bricks set up um getting the children kind of uh I suppose getting a sort of baseline assessment of how they're doing to kind of then follow them up over time yeah so there's a lot to think about but it is all covered in our training it's about sort of practical training but um yeah it's um there's a lot to kind of think about there's a lot to plan yeah um, have you got any sort of top tips for teachers when they're setting it up then any sort of golden ideas for when they're wanting to set up a brick by brick program in their school yeah I mean get donations of lego bricks from other like from parents at home often have, yeah often people have lego sitting about that they're not using anymore in the loft so get some donations you need sets with instructions and they can be expensive um yeah. so if you can get donations that's helpful and i would also get the children involved in what kind of lego they want to make and what they want to build so that actually then the children have more agency and choice in their club so it should be all about what what the kids are interested in what you think they'd like what they think they'd like so that they are part of setting up the brick club themselves as well it's not just kind of oh it'd be um, fun to get them involved in trying to source the lego as well wouldn't it 
work. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, oh, that would be brilliant. Oh, excited. I'd want to do this myself. But yeah, wouldn't that be really fun? And it'd be like a project they've got to draw and see if they can manage to, how much Lego we can get from parents and how we can find it and source it. And can you get the instructions online as well now for you some set? Yeah, some of the sets you can get the instructions online. Um, like working that out and seeing what bricks they got and how they could get the sets yeah. from online. Sorry, you go ahead. I was getting excited. No, you're right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's yeah. You can you can get the get the instructions online and um and then try and source source the bricks. There's different apps as well. I can't remember the exact website. Oh, yeah. There's different websites that help you with that as well. We've got them linked off our training, but I can't remember the exact yeah. name of it. My colleague Abby, who's in all the drop-ins, she knows all the all the website and she's wonderful. She's our community engagement lead, and she she knows all the best places to get Lego bricks and the best ways to kind of get instructions off the internet. Um, but a lot of them now, which is great for kids who maybe are visually impaired or need an iPad, a lot of the um, newer Lego sets, they have um, the instructions on on the iPad as well. So you, then you can rotate the instructions in different directions and view it from different angles which and zoom in bigger. So that's really Oh, cool. that's brilliant. Much more accessible. And also great if you lose the instructions as well totally. as that you've got so like, a copy all, on there. All like ripped and tatty and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so it makes a difference. Oh, fantastic. Um, and yeah, so links then, we will put all the links in the show notes um, underneath this. When people are listening, often people, I never know when I'm listening to a podcast where the show notes are and what someone's talking about when they say show notes. So if you're listening now, if you click on wherever you're listening to it, if you scroll down on the actual thing, it will show you. And on YouTube underneath here, there's the links that you can click on. So um, we'll put links to the Brick by Brick program. Is there any other links you want to include on there? Any so links to find you? But, perhaps <laughs> a little youtube channel as well where you can see some videos of us so we can put Fabulous. the youtube channel link on and then just maybe a link to the lego foundation um so that you, you know, people can see that our program is is kind of a, the official one like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. lego foundation we're partners with them and, and because there are as i said there's lots of information out there about lego therapy and some of it is great and some of it is less great so it's hard to then know which is which is the, the you know the true source so um hopefully the lego foundation stuff will will also give, give people a bit of inspiration about learning through play as well oh fabulous oh thank you so much you've been such a good guest and it's been so wonderful and i told and i told my husband that i was spending the morning getting to chat to somebody about lego he was like what what is this job <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lucky thank yeah. you so much it's been absolutely wonderful to meet you and yeah sounds fantastic what you're doing I really appreciate your time thank you so much for, for inviting me on Georgina I really enjoyed talking to you about it well that was really fun it wasn't a brilliant guest um yeah I feel very very lucky to have been chatting about Lego this morning I hope that was useful I'll put the links that she mentioned in the show notes below as well as some links to resources from Twinkle as well and thanks again for listening to Sending the Experts with me Georgina Durham please make sure you're subscribing to the podcast channel or on YouTube as well and tell people you're listening spread the word thanks see you next time Thank you.